And now we're moving into Web3, which is, okay, we have this, like as I said, a tool set, right? A tool set of what? Well, you have exponential technologies happening everywhere. You have blockchain, which are really little engines of trust. And how do we leverage all this so that we can create a new society that isn't gamifying us negatively based on this sort of outdated, you know, singular metric of return of share value or whatever. Yeah, profit. There you go. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's sort of the evolution we're moving towards. Entrepreneurial philanthropist, public speaker and author, creator of the Beyond Intention Paradigm. Here is your host, Daniel Mengena. Hello and welcome back to the Do It With Dan podcast. I'm your host. I'm here joined by two magicians, <laughs> two, two, two magicians, two, two wizards weaving Web3 into our consciousness and carrying some really groovy trainers transformation and expansion in there. That sounds sexy, but I don't know if it makes any sense to me, let alone to you. I'm going to let the experts do do with this. Um, I have a new friend, Vice, and I also have uh, a a newly made brother from another mother, John, who uh, connected with on a recent trip to Necker Island. We had some hard to brainstormed world problems and we had really weird photo shoots. I'm going to let the guys, (laughs) I'm going to let the guys, and you will never know what that means because it will never be revealed in public. Um, I'm going to let the guys introduce themselves. We're going to dive into it. If you are interested in this whole concept of Web3, the metaverse, uh, cryptocurrency, and you're like, I don't get it, we're here to show how that maybe connects to something a bit sexier than you even thought it could be. There's also an amazing article uh, that we're going to make sure we pop in the show notes also that's going to add to more depth and context. I'm going to stop talking now. I'm going to let the guys pick it up. Boys, let me know. Who's going to go first? Who's who's the head honcho here? Bye, shall I go first and I'll, I'll get my stuff out of the way? Take it away. <laughs> Number one, Daniel, thank you for that amazing introduction. I don't know anything about what you're talking about. I think I'm on the wrong podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's easier. You know what? Let me let me give people uh, like a, a, a two or three minute version of how I got even to Web3. Because mm-hmm. um, in a way, demographically, I, I'm not a likely candidate for it. So, so I, I break. I, I'm 52. Right. I'm a traditional trader. So I break up my life into thirds. And the first like 17, 18 years was just figuring out what kind of person I was supposed to be. The second third was really like thinking about value. And that's when I started my career as a trader. I started trading when I was 20. And um, and for that, it was like, look, how do you make value? How do you strategize? How do you look at a market and figure out where things are going? And all of that was uh, a tremendous learning. The last part of what I consider, uh, you know, the, um, the, the last third of my life so far was running a high frequency trading firm, which I founded called Grasshopper. And that was leveraging what I learned before, what kind of person I want to be, how I can create value. But then that last third was around weaving technology and leadership all through that and figuring out like, you know, almost like elevating in a way. And that's kind of what led me on this journey because at the tail end of that, I was, I was considering that the big difference between the second third of my career where I was just trading for myself and the third part of my career where I was leading a team of, you know, 60, 70 people trading in an algorithmic high-frequency manner, um, it, it actually ended up being people. Right. Even though we had all this technology and we went from basically 95 percent manual, as in people were trading to 99 percent algorithmic and computer initiated trading. The biggest problem that I had was people. And this is kind of now now we're starting to dovetail into how Fies and I met when I was thinking about what lessons I was learning in that last part running the high frequency trading firm, I was thinking. You know, I'm running a tech firm. Everything should be about uh, around technology and everything scalable in that sense. But what's holding me back is actually people. Hmm. And of course, and then I went on the lesson of learning, like, how do I influence people positively? How do I lead them better? And, and that kind of led me to the journey that a lot of it is actually inside ourselves. Hmm. 
And I realized that despite that trading is so much like you're taking these externalities and you're trying to, you know, coalesce and compress them into a decision. Suddenly I realized like there was a meta decision that was almost a paradox of all this that was actually within ourselves. If you talk to any good trader, they would tell you that it's not you against the market. It's actually you against yourself. So there was a little bit of sense in this for me and I started exploring it. And eventually that led, that led to a whole, you know, there's crazy tales of serendipity, but Fies and I crossed and I realized that high vibe network was really uh, a bigger answer than what I was looking for because high vibe network was addressing how do we, how do we better ourselves? How do we game ourselves? How do we, you know, neutralize the toxicity that's all around us and be the best version of ourselves. And I'm saying this in a really practical trader, buy low, sell high kind of way, because that was what was interesting to me at the time. And then mm. I realized this parlays into everything. Mm. So that's how I got here. That led me from, from uh, trading into crypto and mm-hmm. crypto into what that really means for people in society. And that's what led me to eventually NFTs and then the metaverse. And I was like, okay, that, that's how my journey is literally brought up to current time. Hmm. <laughs> kind of crazy. Buys- How do I go after that? How do I do that? <laughs> I was going to say that the bar's been set, but you got to dance under it. So let's go. Love it. <laughs> do the Macarena. Um, yeah. So, so Dan, you know, John shared a little bit about you before us meeting here. And um, one thing that resonated is that, you know, you, you have this, this understanding that we create our worlds, right? And um, John was just alluding to that, that our inner world actually creates our outer world. Even in trading, they actually understand this concept. And ultimately, I feel like we're all connected in more ways we understand. Like if you zoom out of the planet and you go into space and you look down, you see this like blue blob and you can tell at that point, like it's all one, it's all connected. It's all like interwoven into that one unit. When we're here on Earth, walking around on on the plains, it's sometimes easy to forget that we're actually, all of our thoughts, our actions are actually in this cosmic field, interconnected at frequency levels with everyone and all things. Um, And I feel like when we... uh, when we tune into the power of that, we actually can feel that we're not here on probation separate from the world, but we're actually fundamental to it, as Alan Watts would say. We are just like the wave is part of the ocean or the sea. We are the universe in full expression. And understanding that concept leads to the next piece in that how do we want to invest our energy? How do we want to invest our life force if that is you know, our um our energy field, our, our resource, our currency, if you will. And uh, that's where High Vibe comes in, in that with blockchain, I believe that most technologies are here to serve humanity. And, and most of them are not necessarily um, good or bad. They're neutral. It's about the tool set that is brought through, right? The, the tool set that enables the consciousness to be brought through. Um, and so, yeah, I feel like... Uh, this is our time where we're at an accelerating trajectory like never before, where this technology is an evolution of us, and we have the choice to choose what type of intention to put inside of it. And so um, with crypto, with blockchain, with Web3, there's so many directions in which it can support or hold back humanity, if you will. And uh, for the first time ever, we can quantify the value of attention and redistribute that value to the participants in a way that's very unique. And, uh, and Web3 and blockchain enables this, this feature set to be unlocked and for humanity to have this, this common interest business model behind many things that are going to be propagated and flourish in, in time ahead, I feel. Hmm. So I'm starting to see some pieces come together, but what I'd love to do is I'd love to catch everybody up who's like, okay, what's this Web3 thing? So if you've come, <laughs> if you found this randomly looking up with Web3, then you probably kind of maybe know. But if it's one of my listeners, you know, that doesn't really understand what Web3 is, it, how can we put that in a definition that everybody can probably grasp? <laughs> Web1 is the advent of of the desktop and the the start of the internet web two is mobile where now you're starting to 
um, collect data from people sort of as their habits. So like mm -hmm. web one is like you're sitting in front of a computer, but it's not, it's not moving around, right? It's very much, um, uh, single, low dimensional, right? Where yeah. web two, you're starting to be able to, uh, collate data of habits, how you're viewing, et cetera. And, you know, the downside of this innovation, this progression is that web two became gamified. And that's a, a theme that we should all take from anything that humanity does is that you put a paradigm in front of us as a species and we're going to gamify it. We're going to figure out a way around it. We're going to look at the features. You're going to look inside. You're going to unzip the zipper that says do not unzip. Like that's what we do. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so web two became a gamified. Our attention became poorly served. Uh, the, the, the centralized data collectors. And I don't think that there's lots of evil intent there. But what they're doing is they're maximizing the game that's presented to them, which is I need to increase shareholder value. Mm -hmm. Now, who does that? That's actually society does that. We've yeah. made that our pinnacle intent. So they have no choice mm -hmm. but to serve it. Mm -hmm. Like those, those companies have no choice but to serve it. And now we're moving into Web3, which is, okay, we have this, like, as I said, a tool set, right? A tool set of what? Well, you have exponential technologies happening everywhere. You have blockchain, which are really little engines of trust. Mm -hmm. And how do we leverage all this so that we can create a new society that isn't gamifying us negatively based on this sort of outdated, you know, singular metric of return of shareholder profit. value or whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah, profit. There you go. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that's sort of the evolution we're moving towards. Maybe more decentralized, maybe DAOs, maybe more representation, maybe like a truer sense of democracy that we didn't even think of could mm -hmm. be possible, you know, five, 10 years ago. We can say the metaverse is, you know, these gaming influenced lands or the digital lands, but, but really it's just moving into the meta, right? Moving into things um, that we knew were there, but we didn't measure, we didn't care for, we didn't. You know, we waylaid and the time is past for us as a society to bring those things back up, you know, whether it's community, whether it's the environment, whether it's how you treat others, whether it's you know, empathy, you know, on a, whatever it is, we have to reascend them as priorities for us, because what we do as as, as a species, we like playing games. Right. We like seeing a paradigm and then and then we go and we feast on it and we figure everything else around it. So I think the challenge for us is figure out what it is that is our intent. Mm -hmm. The old intent of sort of post-World War II capitalism, I think we all think it's a little bit dated. Mm -hmm. So let's go that way and let's create the metaverse rather than dictate exactly what the metaverse is, you know, through my eyes or anyone's eyes. Right. Let's mm -hmm. create the metaverse. So that's what I would say, say. open-ended. So we could say that Web3 then is the current configuration in the evolution of technology and how we play with it. And that like has that. moved from the static, me point to point in front of a computer screen or at a desk or a, a laptop to now we're on the move with it as technology improved and we can carry it in our mobile devices, our tablets, our phones, our watches. And now it's immersive in terms of we can be a part of it and that's being backed by technology such as Oculus, such as um, these metaverse worlds, these meta worlds, such as blockchain and cryptocurrencies, which are the digital representations. It's almost like, so for me, it's like, um, I really feel, I'm going to go a bit weird and deep now, but I, I feel that you guys can go with me on this one. It's almost like a new dimension is birthing. And the same way that, manifested physical form has a lack of remembrance of the layer of dimension that precedes it and the layer of consciousness that precedes it. Artificial intelligence, all of these new forms of life essentially that are being created are then going to be part of this new wave of consciousness. It's like um, in the film Inception, there was a scene, I'm not going to spoil anything, but there was a scene when they go to this, like this basement and these people are all doing the whole, dream play thing and the guy goes wow they spend that much time um dreaming and he goes no now they go there to live and they come here to dream 
Mm-hmm. So it's almost like that's what's happening. Like we're seeing the birth of that whole experience now. And we have the opportunity to set the landscape up to either continue in the singular unconscious evolution into profit and shareholder value at the expense. There's nothing wrong with profit or shareholder value, but at the expense of versus we can actually set a landscape that actually expands our consciousness that moves humanity forward in a positive way and brings us together. Am I kind of, am I kind of, am I dancing the jig that you guys are playing the tune to? Is that (laughs) we on the same page here? Yeah, I think it's a yes. And I feel like you nailed the, the, um, societal parts and also the energetic parts around how it's a new playing field and it sort of doesn't bring the rules of the old playing field field into it unless um, we carry them over <laughs> unless we choose to carry them over exactly <laughs> and it's a it's a paradigm that allows a fresh start for a lot of the new models to exist which are not purely dependent on shareholder value for example right mm-hmm. um, another key attribute is that the relationship of the individual and the blockchain is independent of any third party and that's mm-hmm. a really key part so when you're logging into web3 you have your web3 login that can be interoperable with any other um, app or dap decentralized app using that same blockchain protocol so for example if an app is using ethereum or evm compatible ethereum virtual machine compatible um blockchain technology that means your your web3 login for that can be the same for multiple different apps like OpenSea, etc um and so that is is very powerful because a single sign-on digital world is something that enables less friction for new new adoption of technology for example um and also you can carry through your your user profiles and your assets and different pieces along with you to different places Daniel, let me add something to this, you know, mm-hmm. and, and this is, it, it's a, it's a grounding thing. And I don't mean it to be um, sort of like a wet towel upon, upon the, the grand visions that we're all toying with here. But I also think that we're in a race and why I think something, an endeavor like high vibe is so important is because it becomes a, it becomes a telltale of where we're going as a society in leadership one of the key lessons you leave, you, you learn is that you have to be able to measure things, right? And if you can't measure it, you can't improve it. That's why you have to be able to measure things. If I said something, you know, for, for the one of the, for the first time, we can start to measure things like attention. Mm. We're in a race. And the reason we have to change how we measure things and what we measure, and because what we measure, we're going to optimize, right? That's our tendency. Because we're in a race. What is that race? You're in a race. We are all in a race with technology, right? That's what I learned from running, you know, that company is technology is not going to pause for us. Mm. So we have to now clean our house. We have to take inventory of where we are, realize what's worked and what's not, and literally see ourselves on this threshold because the race is us against sentience, Mm. right? And the AI mechanisms that are all being, um, built right now the platforms for ai all right now all of them are gaming us based on what we tell them to game us on which means they're gaming us based on web 2 negativity you're not good enough you need this kind of thing right you you know wouldn't it be better if you're you had this kind of girlfriend or if you lost 10 pounds that's how we're being gamed ai is very good one of the key lessons that I learned between being a floor trader and an algorithmic trader is holy cow, the stuff works. It will know you better than yourself and it has more discipline than you have as a human. So there's a very big stakes with this race that's going on and we have to get our act together so we can teach the AI sentience how to game us Hmm. in partnership. So it's almost, uh, I'm seeing there's a, there's an, an emotional detachment of this intelligence, much like the universe works, like the universe doesn't have an opinion, like energy doesn't have an opinion on what, about what way it goes, it just follows the observer effect. So if we carry that same observer effect of the web two consciousness of, you know, lack of consideration, lack of compassion, disconnection, uh, self, self, self without thought about community, then we're going to end up, like you said, modeling for the Web3 evolution, the same pattern. It's almost like 
when we look at the disruption of our mental programs with intentionality, we're disrupting the consciousness program with intentionality to push it, to call it, not even push, but to call it in the direction of expansion, evolution, collaboration, um, abundance, love, high vibe, just like the, the network suggests. Yeah, I, I totally resonate with that. It's almost as if you you point um, in one degree or two degrees this way, and if you look at kilometers down or miles down, it's completely different direction, right? And so I feel like the exponential nature of this, the, the slightest inputs can drastically change where it can go. And at the same time, it can go many places at the same time because of the nature of, of the technology itself. Um, and the other thing that's really interesting is that it can multiply on on mass and um, AI based sentient beings. So AI that has a consciousness and tunes into a value set and an ethics set is a very interesting concept. And it also is also quite scary actually, when you think about it um, from a negative standpoint, like if you look at, you know, the man against the machine concept, it's like, we don't really want that. That's not a, a society that we want to live in. It's really, we want to live in a society of harmony and where the, the self and all of the the other pieces that integrate are essentially in harmonious nature with us, right? With humanity at, at large. And I feel like it's our responsibility and also um, an exciting opportunity to create that dynamic. Hmm. The thing that I want to make sure the listeners get is, although we're speaking about concepts, you, your project is actually a physical manifestation of this idea of directing consciousness. Am I? Am I Indeed. Am I, right? So one of my pet peeves is when everything just remains mentally sexy and doesn't have a physical expression. And yet the thing that excites me about this project that you guys are bringing out into our reality is we're taking this technology and allowing the technology to be its own savior by directing that technology to constructs that allow us to direct that consciousness to these outcomes. Uh, go, we create a positive loop that's based on, powered by, and it continues to expand this technology. But I'd love to kind of dive into a little bit about the high vibe network and what it's actually doing to address a, these challenges of Web 2's consciousness being carried over to Web 3, but also it's actually quite literally. I mean, when John told me about this project, I'm like, oh, my God, this is literally my mission statement <laughs> being carried into the metaverse because we're expanding consciousness and allowing the expansion of consciousness to perpetuate more expansion of consciousness and allowing profit to exist in that place and gamification in a way that serves and supports humanity and us as individuals because it's fun and it's self-serving. So I'd love you to dive a little bit more into the project, um, how these ideas morph into the project and what it's really doing in the world. Would love to. Thank you for that. When you were speaking, I was like, I want to bottle up some of what you're saying because it's so potent the way you're saying it too. So thank you for sharing it that way. Well, it's and a recorded podcast, so it's all yours. <laughs> it'll live in the metaverse forever. Um, yeah, so... <laughs> what's what's super interesting is you know what john was talking about around web one web two web three and if you look back web one was the computer and it was a machine where you typed a key and you would see it on the screen and it was like a command line type of interface too it was very like old-fashioned when we look at it now we're like holy crap that was innovation back then um and it's crazy where we've come to right and that was really boring the user experience on that wasn't great you know and i feel like a lot of the um, the wellness personal development industry is going through a similar web one, web two, web three trajectory. And if you look at the web two, it's like calm and headspace and some of these awesome apps that feel a little bit better and they're more you know attuned to our habits. Um, and they still have many challenges. Like e-learning is one of the fastest growing industries in the world today, but online courses have a 96% dropout rate which is staggering, right? So most people who are subscribing to do things for themselves in terms of growth and development and pursuit of, of greater skills are actually falling short in that activity stream. And usually it's because of a lack of social accountability and a lack of incentives. Mm. And so that's one part of it. So there's the incentive component around activities themselves. Then there's the entertainment factor. And so back to the UX point, you know, 
in the old world of apps, if an app didn't work so well, you'd blame the user. You'd be like, oh, the user's not smart enough. But now we actually blame the app. We realize that actually we can make user experiences <laughs> that are so much better than some of these old things that you shouldn't actually have to think too much about how to do things. It should be evaluating. Um, it, it should be, you know, like the path should be revealing as you're evaluating what to do next. Um, and then the third piece is connection and community. And so when we're doing things together, we go further. Um, if, we're going to the, if we go to the gym together, for example, we're more likely to do more exercises. Very simple example. Um, if we go run a race together, we're probably going to run further than if we went and ran by ourselves, for example, even for a simple jog, not even a competitive race. Um, and so what we've seen is that social accountability, that the ability for us to create entertaining experiences that are also good for us. So like, you know, healthy fast food, you know, so, you know, for example, if you go at fast food, usually it's unhealthy. And now we're starting to see that there's actually food that's healthy for you that can be delivered in a, a shorter time frame than like waiting an hour or something like that. And so that exists in a lot of these different paradigms. And from a technology standpoint, right now, most of the, the attention in Web3 is focused on financial technologies. And just in the last 18 months, we've seen a metaverse trend, which is about the experience economy. And I'll quickly double click on the metaverse and quickly explain for the audience and those folks listening around what the metaverse really is. And, you know, of course, this is um, a concept that is quite a quite a deep concept. And, you know, you can explain it in multiple different ways. But in layman's terms, the metaverse is an evolution of our digital world where identity and assets are carried over from place to place. And so it's by, by nature interoperable and by nature it's tuned in to an identity system and an avatar system that enables us to showcase different parts of ourselves and different parts of our personalities if we if we choose to. Um, and our digital world is just as real as our physical world. It's all real, right? Mm-hmm. And they're going to complement each other more and more in, in time to come. Mm-hmm. One, one you, Daniel, you asked about uh, our physical expressions of, of our intent. And with this, uh, one of the projects we're working on is taking high vibe networks, digital communities and weaving them into um, a festival, right? Mm -hmm. A a physical singularity of immersive transformation, which is what festivals are now. Mm -hmm. Right. So, so we're doing a a joint project with Wonderfruit, which is Mm -hmm. wonderfruit.co, this amazing festival in Thailand of around art and music and culture and food. When is that? When is that event? That's going to be December 15th, 16th, 17th, and 18th, and maybe one extra date on the 14th. And we're, we're trying to, I mean, literally, we're planning an NFT drop called hypothesis.xyz mm-hmm. um, around this to bring these communities together. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, you, you can check it out. It's a fantastic project around uh, stop motion art. And we have physical puppets that are made from upcycled um, waste material from the streets of Bangkok. They're being put together right now. In fact, the mm-hmm. project is almost done. And then a generative layer will be put over that. And yeah, those NFTs will also be access to Wonderfruit and special events and High Vibe Network and the community around it, right? So mm-hmm. that's, we're starting to corral people, put, you know, draw the laces up and bring them together so mm-hmm. that, you know, we can have physicality with each other, right? Mm-hmm. And really develop a community which as of yet I haven't seen in the metaverse because we're going to hop in and out of the metaverse. And if anyone doubts that and you have children or access to children, just watch how they game, watch how they game, you know, watch how they play Roblox and Fortnite, et cetera. And you'll see it. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about, let's talk high vibe network. Let's talk high vibe network because the concept took me a couple of reads to get when you sent the material over and then it, Oh, I get it. So I, I, I want everyone to have that moment of, oh my God, oh my God, this makes sense. Um, let's dive into that. What is High Vibe Network and how does that connect with the discussion that we've been having so far about these different pieces? So High Vibe Network is the metaverse of elevated experience. And the thesis is that if we create experiences that are magnetic, that feel really good, it'll not only attract people, but it'll attract a creator economy of people to create experiences of that nature. Um, when you, you have a blank slate and you look at 
creating a manuscript or creating an experience, if you have intention, you'll actually take it in a certain direction. If you look at media today and like the news and, and sort of TV, a lot of it is is pumping emotions into our consciousness that probably we don't desire and we don't really realize it's happening in, in large cases. And so um, what we're creating is a curated ecosystem that is governed by the collective. And so this is a really key feature of uh, Web3 is that the people who are participants can actually govern the trajectory and the future of it. And so they can curate, they can crowd curate rather than um, the curation algorithm being a black box, right? That no one really knows how it works. So that's a key part of it. The second part of it is the metaverse is a place where you can create and earn value. And so in gaming, they call it play to earn, where you're actually playing the game and you're earning tokens and you're earning, you know, things that um, are meaningful in the game, but also can translate into real life. You can sell them, for example. Um, And so we call it play to elevate. So as you're actually playing the game and you're participating in High Vibe Network and Vibes.org or in Vibesland in the meta RPG metaverse instance, um, you'll actually be earning value. And so you can actually make money by participating in experiences that are good for you. And that's the part that I feel is like, whoa, this is actually something that'll take the world by storm as a concept. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, you know, beyond that, it enables a long tail relationship between um, different blockchains and the users where whatever they do in High Vibe Network can also be uh, uplifting their experiences in other apps and dApps and parts of Web3. So, guys, I'm going to let John add to this so that you hear everything twice because the game just got broken down for us. It's literally a self-sustaining ecosystem where the value comes from the value and expands. Quick tangent. When I read, um, I, I mean, I majored in economics, so I get economics, right? But when I read Bitcoin Standard, when he went through literally how money evolved over thousands of years. And I got that we're in a funky place now with money, but he really, really broke down how, no, literally money is like nothing. It's literally just a cosmic joke that everybody signed up to. (laughs) And that the creation of the value that sits behind money is possible like that. And that's what, crypto is showing us that you can do it, create this agreement of value without some distant overlord dictating the terms on which that value is transferred and what you do with your value once you've received it. I think that's one of the reasons why the system, quote unquote, and I'm not a conspiracy theory, but you can just literally look at what's happening, even with the blatant manipulation on the value of cryptocurrencies over this past week, you can see why the old guard, the web one and web two consciousness is being a terminator and trying to infect and take over and, and, and be a part of this new ecosystem because it shows the truth of our power as sovereign individuals to dictate our fate, to, to be conscious in our creation and to be free to live life on our own terms. And this project is doing that on multiple prongs. You've got the creator aspect. You've got the value creation. You've got the experience. You've got the connection. You've got the community. All of these web one and web two concepts are being brought together in one ecosystem that's also showing itself to be able to be self-perpetuating and self-directed without some distant overlord because it's got the blockchain and the crypto aspect. So that's the Dan piece. I want John to jump in. And then I want us to chop this up a bit and really talk about how people can get involved in this and start to bring some of these concepts into their own life. So, John, please do take the mic. Well, earlier, what you said about money, Mm -hmm. I think the big wake up call that people are having now is that money is just faith. Right. (laughs) It's it's we have faith in the dollar. We've not even been on the gold standard. But if we were on the gold standard, well, then it's just faith in gold <laughs> all, all, all we did is, right we just we transferred one fucking transferred over. It. yeah yeah we just transferred it so so money is really about faith and what we really have to start to learn on individual and a societal level is is our societal faith matters 
mm-hmm. right? It's something that we can leverage on. And and sometimes I think like maybe, or remember I was telling you the story, like I started this journey because I was trying to have my employees have faith in themselves and where we were going as a company, mm-hmm. right? As mm-hmm. a leader, that was my challenge. And that stumbled me onto this. So I was in this little esoteric, you know, sliver on the fringe of high frequency trading, facing the exact same battle we all trying to face and and overcome, right? Mm. So that's what I would say about the money part uh, and money or let's, let's, let's coalesce things into its most um, broad kind of money is really just value, right? Mm -hmm. So if money relies upon faith, value also relies upon faith. And what we're trying to build here is a new value system. Earlier in how you framed Web 1, 2, it, I know you didn't mean to do this on purpose, but it was almost like Web 2 and Web 3, uh, Web 1 and Web 2 are, are like the Terminators on Web 3. They're just acting based on the paradigm that they were given, right? Mm-hmm. The, the old guard. I but, was but so does an the, old but so, guard. But so does the Terminator. The Terminator doesn't have yes. an opinion. It plays out the program. Until you change the programming. Exactly. Just like Terminator 2 and Terminator 3 and Terminator every <laughs> and, other one where... <laughs> there we go. <laughs> and and so what, what you know you're you're rightly grasping on is mm-hmm. we're trying to change the programming and people mm-hmm. are already changing. So it's not so much that we are trying to start a trend, it's more like we are trying to follow a trend. Mm. Daniel, I, you know, I read your book and you and I are aligned on so many ways on how we look at oh shit, the challenges of life, how to overcome them, how to look inside, how to marshal our outside resources, we have the same path. This mm-hmm. is a, a, a morphic awakening, as in everyone is starting to realize, hey, I don't really love how we're treating the planet and each other, and I think I see technologies or capabilities around me that we can do better. Mm. So that's the trend that we're riding, right? Mm. We're just, w- what we are doing and what FIS is so magnificently done is pulled it together in a way that we can now look at it and be like, Oh, now I get it right now. Yeah. Now I see it. Mm. So that that's my comment on it. it. Like we don't have to look at our past or the incumbents as our enemies. Mm-hmm. You have to understand. This is like, this is trader talk, right? Mm-hmm. Understand how they look at the paradigm, mm-hmm. right? And then you will understand how they're going to act. Once you mm-hmm. understand how they're going to act, you can mitigate. Mm. It's a trade. That's it. It's a trade. Yeah, I love what you said around the fact that we're allowing it to happen. We're not necessarily forcing it. We're actually mm-hmm. enabling it. And I think the leaders of Web3 are enablers and mm-hmm. uh, essentially the masters of the Shakti path, as they would say in meditation, around just actually uh, like setting the conditions for it to actually flourish rather than forcing it to flourish. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm really, really quite stuck on this idea that Web three is an indication of a new Big Bang, like a new layer of reality that's being birthed before our very eyes. We're watching the evolution of a new strand of consciousness, and it has the capacity to allow us to to really, really play in this field and experience it. I mean, I can go and build my own universe now. Do, do, do you, anyone read? Either of you read comic books? There was, there was, there was one Spider-Man back in the day. <laughs> I never read the superhero ones, but there was one, uh, Neil Gaiman, his comics, I don't know why I was so obsessed with them. So I read the Sandman series and he did this 10-part comic book series called Lucifer, um, which the, the TV show was very poorly, very, very poorly and very loosely based on. The comic series was awesome because it just basically hypothesized. It's going to make sense. I'm going to go quick backdrop. It hypothesized what would happen if the devil decided he didn't want to be in charge of hell anymore and just decided to open up a bar in L.A. and hang out with humans and wreak havoc on Earth. And that's literally what what happened. And um, there's this one kind of thread where he ends up accidentally getting the power to make his own universe. and, And he goes and creates this whole thing. And yet we actually can, can all do that. We can make our own world. Yes, we might require the skills and the, you know, some technology to do that, but we can create our own world and then have our own fun with that. 
we were doing that with Minecraft. We were doing that with these other things. I did it with like SimCity. We've been doing that, but now it's gone from the web two of I'm behind the screen looking at it to web three, where I can actually immerse myself in my own reality that I've created and invite other people into it too. This it's just fascinating to me that you guys have taken this capacity to create a new universe. And instead of a self-gratifying reality, the layer of reality that's been created, it's one where you're inviting people into to be expanded by it, to create, to co-create, to collaborate, and to create a nexus point that can actually be a, 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 a magnet to consciousness at this level to come towards this expansive collaborative direction. Does that make, am I, am I making sense or is my excitement getting lost in the words here? You, you know, Daniel, l- let me share something. Uh, you are totally making sense. I want to, I want to put that into um, a template that, that I try to make my decisions on. Mm-hmm. I think at, at the very top is like your why and your intent, right? Mm-hmm. That, that's really um, what I think drives my decisions. And, and the intent is to help make this world a better place. Yeah. Okay. Once you have intent, right, sort of as its own node, to me, the next thing that spawns off of that intent is the whole series of ideas that come out. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Well, if we want to do that, then we can go down these kind of paths, you know, many of which Fize has gone down with High Vibe Network. Once you have ideas, the next thing that comes up is like, oh, shit, man, how do I do that? I need resources to do that. Mm-hmm. I need time. I need programmers. I... So now you have problems and challenges, right? So mm-hmm. you go from intent to ideas to problems and challenges. Problems and challenges, problems and challenges require solutions. Okay, mm-hmm. so intent, ideas, problems, challenges, solutions. How do you get solutions? The best solutions come from your community, mm-hmm. right? So now you have to. So I'm I'm back ending exactly to what you say, right? You have an intent, and now boom, in community. What happens when you have a community if you're truly going to serve your intent of making a better world? Well, you're going to serve your community. Mm-hmm. So how do you serve your community? You serve your community's intent. And now you're straight back into the circle, right? Mm-hmm, and it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's like chaos theory. It's like everything mm-hmm. is the model of everything else. And you can spin this at, at a family level, at a personal level, at a society mm-hmm. level, at mm-hmm. whatever level. Mm. That's what we're doing. Mm. We're all looking at you, bro. <laughs> we're looking at you, magical master of wizardry. He's just sitting here smiling like, oh, yes, 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 yes. You are part of my cutting plan, my cutting and productive positive <laughs> plan. <laughs> yeah, you know, this is but what both of you said really resonates. So like building your own world is possible. And then also the intent behind these worlds create this, you know, virtuous cycle of innovation, but also serving people at a greater level and creating connection points, right? And what we're seeing, you know, especially through this great pause is that a lot of us are connecting digitally and we're building new relationships digitally that we actually didn't meet these people in the flesh, which was like things, you know, you wouldn't even believe that 10 years ago, that you'd be meeting people online with video that you never actually met in real life and you become friends and like sometimes better friendships than your IRL friendships. You'd be like, no, nah, come on, man. Come on. That doesn't make sense. You ever watch Cheers? They all meet in a bar. Like that's, that's relationships right there. Right. And, um, you know, I, I joke when I say that because that was a famous old show. But um, yeah, I, I feel like in these metaverse worlds, we are actually going to be building connections and sometimes even with people who speak a different language. So like someone speaks Mandarin, someone speaks Japanese and someone speaks English and someone speaks Spanish. And they're able to play the same game with the same emojis, with the same currency and the same chips. Hmm. Um, and equalizer. it's a great equalizer. Right. And, and there's a. There's a movie scene where Chris Tucker's playing craps and it's super funny. He goes, I had a dream and he was, you know, um, being a little bit funny around, you know, the Martin Luther speech and saying, mm-hmm. I had a dream that everyone could be playing with the same chips because they kept giving him different chips and they kept giving the Chinese people bigger chips, like $100,000 chips and he's getting $25,000 chips. Rush out, rush out too. Rush out too. Rush out Vegas. Yeah, it's yeah. one of the best scenes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Whoever's watched that movie will be giggling right now because yeah. it was such a good scene. Yeah. And I feel that we're creating that where everyone can be playing with the same chips, right? Mm. And 
you know, international trade, right? So when, so when shipping containers are moving and they're moving resources from one place to another, that's going to be happening in a gaming world. And those resources are going to be real resources. And that gaming is going to be real for those people playing the game. And they'll be using emojis to communicate with each other. So they don't even need to use normal language. And this is the part that gets super interesting, right? Is that you have this interoperable story world called the metaverse that will will be multi-chain. And so it'll, it'll support different blockchains in the future. It's already starting to go in that direction. You have your digital identity. You log in. You can buy assets. And you can also earn a living in the metaverse. You can also have metaverse jobs. You can have gigs, just like a gig economy. And if you're lucky enough, you might be one of the players, like people on YouTube, who are able to you know, create videos and make a make seven figure incomes from it. Right. Mm -hmm. And so people are already doing that in the metaverse today. People are already making seven figure incomes in play to earn. And it's just, it's nascent. It's still early, early, early days. And so, um, we have an economy, we have the ability to create worlds and to create spaces. So just like your, your zoom room where you host your podcast, it could even be a metaverse space where people come into a physical space digitally and, Mm -hmm participate in a conversation like this and i think that we'll be looking back on this one in, in a few years time being like remember we used to do that <laughs> um and, yeah, I mean, and that's how quickly things are shifting i mean there's a there's, yeah. a, there's an nft project that a friend of, of and i i mean we we didn't craft it as an nft project we crafted it as a project that we were including nft in and the more that i've been learning about this world and even projects like high vibe the more i'm really seeing that we were underestimating the power of what we're trying to do which is to leave in the physical world sprinkles of consciousness that are uplifting consciousness like creating this web of consciousness uplifting nodes around the physical world Uh, but now i'm even seeing that the fact that we're using nfts to do that means that we're actually leaving these sprinkles of consciousness uplifting nodes around the metaverse as well. And just really getting that um, there's a power here that we're being given to, I mean, people talk about creating consciousness and mudras and all this kind of funky stuff, but the possibilities are here right now to really be a part of something powerful. And, uh, and that we're mirroring things over and you're looking at, I mean, I wanna do uh, in the metaverse, a center for consciousness where people come and there will be, you know, people doing meditations there and you can come and have like an art gallery where there's consciousness uplifting art and you can connect and we can have meditation circles and you can do new moon ceremonies and like all of these kind of really cool things where we're connecting and building community. And it's crazy to think that it's literally just a mirror of what's going on in our physical world. Like I said, you can have a job, you can earn money. There was a whole thing of people paying millions of dollars to get a metaverse house next door to Snoop Dogg or something like that in the metaverse. And it's just weird how these barriers and friction is just disappearing because it's new. It's new and building and growing. And it's just really, really cool. Really, really, really cool. When I look at that, Daniel, I, I, I you know, my, my uh, trading t- was so such a big part of my life that I tend to look at things through those eyes and mm-hmm. what, and one of the key, um, attributes of a good trader is understanding when something is an anomaly as in a one-off or a trend mm-hmm. and it's very at, at the start of it it's very difficult to tell mm-hmm. um i am convinced this is a trend right and when i what specifically in what you're talking about now um i think that there is a huge trend towards digital uh towards virtue signaling in the real world towards virtue signaling in the digital world. And I think that NF- NFTs are really one of the first manifestations of that, specifically like PFP NFTs or living next to, to Snoop in, in you know, Decentraland or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. What is the essence of that? What is the essence of that is to say, look, I'm a part of this tribe, mm-hmm. right? Look, I live so close to Snoop, mm-hmm. right? And, and those are... Like, think about that, right? And think about all the things that we do to virtue signal. Mm-hmm. And all, and, and then think about how big of a migration this is going to be when we go to, from purely in real life, to the land that Fize is talking about. And the land that is literally being broadcast by anyone under 20. Like, watch how they play games. That's, mm-hmm. in 20 years, that's how they're going to live. Mm-hmm. So, you know, these nodes of consciousness... 
I think this is uh, the trend of moving virtue signaling from in real life to digital. That's what that's what we're starting to see. Mm, I love it. I love it. Um, so let's get a little bit more granular with High Vibe because we're, we're coming up to time now. I really want people to understand and they start to grasp. And we're going to, guys, we're, we're popping the show notes, links and white paper info and all the things. We're, I'm going to overload you with stuff <laughs> because there's a, lot, there's a lot to consume. But if someone's listening to this, then they're like, guys, I like what you're cooking. I want it on my plate. You know, I want to come in the kitchen with you. Like, what are, what does it look like for someone to be a part of this high vibe movement, this high vibe network? So with early projects in crypto, and this is some alpha, so this is some, some good information to learn about how to approach projects, is you want to be holding their, their early assets, their genesis assets. Mm-hmm. So like the early assets of any ecosystem are going to become noted as the people who were there early and being early matters in almost any market in any economy and so in high vibe network we have a collection of genesis assets that we're dropping this year and those assets are going to be ones that we serve those communities with for years and years to come and anyone can buy those assets on the open market mm-hmm. on on different mm-hmm. different marketplaces including the marketplace we're building um, mm-hmm. our marketplace is called vibes.org and it's built for the experience economy and so there's a wait list. You can jump on that vibes.org. And essentially um, we're creating NFTs that are going to be playable in the metaverse. So if I come to your metaverse land and you're not even physically there or even virtually there at that point in time, say you're sleeping, you can have a playlist of your NFTs playing. And these will be different experiences, be it, be it meditations, be it hypnosis tracks, be it you know guided philosophy walkthroughs, um, mm-hmm. be it podcast episodes that are mixed to music, for example, and they're the highlights, right? Um, this is the type of experience people can expect to have in the metaverse that we're creating. And similar to social media where you have Facebook, you have Twitter, you have Pinterest, you have all these different platforms that are slightly different flavors of what we refer to as social media. In the metaverse, it's going to be similar. So we have Roblox, we have Sandbox, we have Decentraland, you know, and there's going to be many others that come. And certain ones are going to be the ones that people use to showcase different parts of their brand or themselves, right? Mm -hmm. And so Nike, for example, builds in Roblox and they build like a a blow up... um, plane and like certain things that are are tuned to the feeling of Roblox, right? So when you're there, it feels like Roblox, but it feels like Nike. Mm -hmm. If Nike were to build in Vibesland, they would be building more experiential uh, offerings, um, focusing on meditation, focusing on sound healings, focusing on yoga, fitness, fill in the blank uh, from from the wellness industry standpoint. Um, And so that's also quite exciting for brands and for individuals to be able to buy land in the metaverse, to own that as an asset and to be able to create value for others. And now this this narrative is now coming through very strong and it's called the meta RPG, the meta role playing game. So when you actually buy land in Vibesland, that land can actually earn value based on the value you deliver to others in the ecosystem. And so you're earning reputation and you'll also be earning tokens. Mm-hmm. Um, to rewind the Genesis assets, the way to get those is to join our community, to get on our wait list on our website, and also to get into our, our different social channels via Discord or Twitter. Um, and we are going to be announcing the the different ways in which those drops are coming to life. Um, one of them that's quite fun is a story world we're creating. Um, and this one is currently an if you know, you know project. So people who are deep in our community know about this. People who are our friends and family know about this one. And it's liondow.com. And so lion, like the animal, um, the king or queen of the jungle, dao, D-A-O, dot com. Um, and it's the story of the elevated degens. And so I don't know if you've heard about degen culture in crypto, but you know the board ape culture sort of was was part of this 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 fad and this this wave, let's call it rather, uh, of culture, which is people who are really like they can't stop playing with Web three. They're just like they love it. They 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 can't stop talking about it. They can't stop telling people about it. They can't stop using it. Um, but at the root, degenerative culture is actually not really ideal. It's not conscious behavior. It's actually unconscious behavior. It becomes something that's like a rapture. Um, and so we coined this term elevated degen, which are people who care about regenerating the planet, people who care about connection, people who want to create value, who want to make money, but want to do good with that money. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're crafting that story uh, and that story world around this culture and actually gifting NFTs to certain people who are 
participating early on in our community and then we're doing a generative collection that anyone any one of those people can also mint um at a uh, a public mint um, and that's a that's an exciting one awesome awesome vibes to all guys that's where we want to go and hop on the wait list and because uh, I, I guys this is this is really an opportunity to take these concepts of like someone wants to do good and you want to contribute to the evolution of consciousness is literally a place that you can do that. Like you can sit and you can do an. I'm going to be an activist and I'm going to go and, or you can literally just come and be a part of something new and be a part of the evolution of that consciousness by adding your light to it and expanding it by playing in this new game. I think it's just awesome. It's wild. And I think, anyway, I'm not going to keep pontificating on that. Guys, you want to do it. JL, we're starting to wrap it up, man. Some closing thoughts from you, some closing ideas, some closing uh, words of wisdom before we start to dial this out. Uh, I'll just go back to the very top. You know, I, I think that all of us, we need to have intent. and mm. And, you know, Take stock of yourselves, take stock of where you want to go, take stock of what impact you want to have in your lives and just come up with some intent. It doesn't have to be that high and lofty and it just needs to be interesting and hopefully good. Mm. And just then percolate down intent to ideas, to challenges, to solutions. And you will inevitably get to the point that, yes, it is yourself, but yes, it is also you're interconnected with people around you. Mm. Take a bite of that, right? Take a bite of that and solve it at the appropriate level for yourself at whatever appropriate time, whether mm. yourself or your family or your partner or your team or your business or your town or your nation or mm -hmm. all of us, mm. you will eventually get there, mm. right? You will get to the realization that solving the small problem is solving the big problem. The big one. And just keep the fucking faith. Right? We can have <laughs> faith. We can have faith. We've been around this long. And yeah. we love to worry. We love to frame things negatively. We love, you know, to, to, to feel like taking advantage at the expense of others is sort of like the thing. Get, we know that we're better. So just mm -hmm. listen to your hearts, come up with an intent, and have faith. Awesome. Awesome. Mr. Wizard. Love the wisdom. Love the wisdom. Have freaking faith. <laughs> um, yeah, I feel like this is such an important time. The stakes are higher than ever before in humanity. And that's the most exciting time as well, right? Anxiety and excitement are almost the same emotion. They just have a different way to look at it. It's the glass half full or glass is half empty. And the glass yeah. is half full. Like this is game time. And for all of us who are listening to this podcast, we're probably of the age and of the ability to be able to make a difference in this world. Um, and no matter how big or how small, like go for it. And with Web3, think about it as a, a game. Think about it as putting one foot in front of the other. You don't have to conquer the whole of Web3. You don't have to figure out how electricity works from every pipeline perspective. Mm -hmm. You just need to know enough that gets you from where you are to the next step. And one foot in front of the other is how you, you take any journey. Um, so, you know, it can be, you know, daunting and it can be intimidating, but it's actually pretty easy. And it's actually easier than web, web one and web two. Once you start using it, you realize, oh, like maybe there's some quirky pieces. Maybe there's some apps that, you know, don't have a manual, but, mm -hmm. you know, you can, you can Google almost everything these days. And mm -hmm. it normally takes you 10 to 15 minutes to solve most of these quick challenges. So mm -hmm. um, don't let it slow you down. Awesome. Well, gentlemen, thank you so much for pouring into us, uh, lightening us, giving us this opportunity to be a part of the solution, literally a part of the solution of consciousness itself using these emerging technologies. Uh, I'm excited. I've got notes. Uh, I'm really thinking about how even the work that I'm doing can be looped into this platform and be an opportunity for, for me to to also serve through this because this is just this is a pure service and expansion opportunity here so I'm, I'm grateful guys i know we've tackled some really high um, heavy concepts here you may need to listen back to this we're going to pop some links and some resources in the show notes for you to be able to dive a bit deeper um best way to connect with you guys 
uh, we're on we're on all the socials. Um, yeah. Mostly Twitter these days. I'm actually yeah. not very active on social media because I'm more focused on building. But mm-hmm. I do have some tweets every now and again that uh, some ramblings that are fun to check out. <laughs> awesome, Jo. You can find me on Twitter at Grasta, like Rasta Man with a G in front, but it's yeah. Grasta underscore Man. Got you. That's Got good you. enough. We'll, yeah. we'll make sure we pop it in the show notes. So, guys, keep dreaming with your eyes open. Remember, you can actually be a part of the, the solution and you can consciously create a universe where we all have more abundant, joyful, purpose driven life. Until next time, keep dreaming with your eyes open. Much love. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Do It With Dan with your host, Daniel McGenna. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit dmpotv.com. We'll catch you on the next episode of Do It With Dan.